welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Titans preseason preview for 2024. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I'm joined by Nick Lord, who's a stats guru and resident fantasy nugget. How you going, Nick? What it do, baby? Going good, mate. Going good. Uh, pretty pretty excited for this Titans team. I reckon they're going to have an absolute ripper of a year, mate. Well, look, they've got an uh, interesting coach. Let's go with that. So let's see what the Mad Doctor's got for us this year. But How many premierships has he won? Three? Two? Yeah, three. three pr- two. Probably a couple ripped off from him by the uh, Melbourne squad that was over the cap too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But he sort of uh, cheated the cap as well with those back in a con contracts that he had to you know flog into anyway who cares (laughs) oh mate Uh, but the best part is is that he's got back into contracts when he sues the club that just (laughs) (laughs) that's it he always gets paid about a million bucks after he leaves mate don't mess with the des uh well look let's have a look at the squad this year so i've this is all the projections that we've put together uh based on either articles or um, what's going around the traps. So we got Jaden Campbell at fullback, Philip Sammy and Alafini Khan Pereira on the wings. We have- He butchered that, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, I absolutely butchered it. Uh, AJ Brimson and Brian Kelly at center, Kieran Forum and Tanner Boyd in the halves. We got a Mo Fodawaka. A Lord and Savior Fozza. That's it. We got Mo Fodawaka and Tina Fasulamali at uh, at prop, although I'm hearing that he could start at lock, which actually makes a bit more sense. So I've got Mo Fonawaka and it looks like Ken and Palacia at prop, uh, Tino at lock, and on the edges, Bo Fomor and David Feeder. And on the bench, Aaron Clark, Jamin Jolliffe, Isaac Liu, and Isaac for Maui. So let's have a look here. How about you talk us through the gains and losses? Uh, in terms of gains, Ken and Palacia in from the Broncos and Harley Smith Shields underrated signing from the Raiders bit of a depth signing there in terms of losses a bit of dead weight here guys Cruz Leeming he really did nothing when he came from the Super League and he's gone back to the Super League Jermaine Spry has been released who knows where he's up to and Joe Boonart don't even know who he is he's unsigned mate so um, pretty pretty good uh, gains uh, but the big gain is off the field mate they've got a new coach as we alluded to Justin Holbrook uh, he's Gornski's back into the assistant role that's it so look I think it was probably about time that something changed over there Nick you were saying something about the win rate oh mate so I was calling for his head last year 36% win rate heading into last year and I said pre-season uh, check the tape I said if he has a bin Bad win rate for rounds 1 to 12, he is gone. That is exactly what happened, and his head has rolled. That's true. Which it should be. You know, it's a, uh, it's a meritocracy, and um, results matter, and his results were pretty shite. So there you go. They were, though, I must say, if I was down at Club HQ, I would be sacking the high-performance start, starting with Big Mal because they've talked a lot, but they've absolutely earned zero dollars of that. So because yeah, there's they, been, been no high performance down there for a long time. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. All right. Well, look, let's talk through the injury. So David Feeder, he has had surgery on his pec. It was a partial tear. I think they've done it, repaired it over the preseason just to make sure that there's no lingering issues. He should be back in time for round one. Jojo Fafita, 
There's also Inji Dizankel. He will be back for around one as well. And Aaron Clark off a sh what I think was a shoulder reconstruction will be back for round one as well without issue. So Nick, important stuff. Talk us through the strength of schedule. Mate, they uh they got the first buy in round two, which is a bit gross. Their yep. second buy is round thirteen, which is the major one, and their final buy of the year, mate, round seventeen, which is the minor buy. So that's uh in terms of teams they have twice at the Broncos, Cowboys. Dolphins, Dragons, Knights, Seagulls, Sharks, and the Warriors. Now, overall, where does this land them? they got the eighth hardest. So they're sort of in the middle, really, Stu. Rounds 1 to 12, they're the fourth easiest, so an easy start. Origin period, rounds 13 and 20, the sixth hardest. And the run home, rounds 21 and 27, they're the fourth hardest. So starts easy, origin isn't very easy, and it gets harder on the run home. Now, from an overall point of view, the round two buy is pretty gross. But at least it gets one out of the way. Also, the round 13 buy is also gross because uh, you want to ideally have guys that you can take into that buy so you're not just burning trades for that first major buy round to field a team. So the start is easy because they've got the Dragons at home round one and the buy there round two and then the Bulldogs round three So the, and then the Dolphins round four. So really, they could be 3-0 and oh, plus banking the two points for the buy heading into round four. They could also be, depending, um, knowing the Titans, they could be 0-3. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm really uh, high on them from a des factor. Um, in terms of the origin period, they unluckily cop the, uh, the Warriors round 16, who will be completely unaffected um, at home. So um, that's, that's pretty unlucky. Now, the final run home isn't great. You got the Sharks round 23, the Dragons away round 24, the Roosters round 25, the Knights away round 26 up in Newcastle. Um, but then they get the infamous rest players up and play an awesome reserve grade team for the final game of 2024 with the Panthers away round 27. So I'm not a big fan of this bias, you. Um, but um, I think you pointed out off the air that they finished their bias round 17. So that sort of means you can pick up their non-origin guns round 18 and have a clear run for the rest of the way, which is pretty juicy. That it is. And the, um, yeah, so I think that's our strategy for most Titans this year. We'll look to be keep an eye on them and then pick up the ones that we really want to see for the run home. For sure. And don't do what I did last year when the Tigers were in the same position, which is pick them up five rounds early and then have them underperform for the rest of the year. <laughs> Mate, I hit that too with Pap around Pappy and Bateman. Oh, mm. my God, it was a world of pain. That's it. All right, good for a little while and then terrible. Um, all right. Well, look, let's have a talk about the guys that we want to talk about. So let's start with Jaden Campbell. So I've got a huge buy rating, so big boom on Campbell. So he's currently 459K with a 33 break even. Uh, pretty much confirmed that he's starting at fullback. He averages mid 40s when in a fullback role with only a 0.3 try scoring rate. Not a not a massive number of other attacking stats to uh, muck around with that. Not, you know, you'd be mad not to buy him considering that price point for a starting fullback, high talent rating, uh, and at a place where his size won't necessarily get in the way. And... If he gets goal kicking, you could see his average rise to the so the low to mid fifties there, because I can see that his I've got him projected uh, probably so from the mid to the high forties. So goal kicking could take him to the low to mid fifties. You just made the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, he did just make the list. So he's he's an absolute buy. So yes, he does have that round two buy. So have someone sitting on your bench to pull in, but otherwise you're good to go. 
Uh, next guy, AJ Brimson. So he, unfortunately, he is 545k, 40 break even. He's already got DPP, wing fullback half, and he's starting at center. Now, if he could pick up that center duel, like, and he got, he's likely to get shuffled around during the year based upon injuries to wherever he could best be suited back into the spine. But due to the fact he doesn't get that, he's just a wait and see for us. Do not start with AJ Brimson. Like, even if he was a really good center, I can't see him getting 10 points worth of value as there's only one other center above a 50 average. Tanner Boyd, 42 break even, 635k. So he somehow kept his dual position despite only playing halfback for 22 games straight last year. <laughs> so fan hub. Uh, thank you, fan hub. <laughs> oh, mate. It's just, it's, you know, fan hub, this is pretty much the conversation they have every day. What are you? An idiot sandwich. That's... <laughs> <laughs> So, look, he's priced at he's, uh So with that 42 break-even, uh, it's not a great ceiling. So you're really counting on him taking a bit more control of the side moving forward. And, you know, there's talk around. There's some other good halves there in the background, which will keep on putting pressure on him. So Tanner Boyd is a bit of a risk at 635k for me. Now, I know, Nick, you were... Uh, 50-50 on Boyd? Yeah, uh, look, he, he averages uh, 49.4 when he plays a full 80. So um, he kicks goals. I think that'll be better this year. I think he'll kick more goals. Um, so I'm actually a, a pretty... I think you'll get all the milkshake with Fozzer there in terms of kick meters. Um, kicking goals. I just, I just think oh, there's a lot of upside there. Um, you know, about eight points plus upside. So... Um, obviously he can't go big, so he's not the sort of guy who's going to score a hundred. So he's more that you know he's just going to punch out high forties, like pretty much his bag. So yeah, um, oh. pretty pretty solid. But that that price tag's probably a bit more than you want to be paying for. Uh, who who else do you consider around that price range, Jude? I'd probably pick up Jamal Fogarty, uh, six hundred thirty-seven k. Uh, who's he's only the halfback, but he's uh, going to be playing with absolute nuggets over at the Raiders. So. Oh. <laughs> Uh, if nothing else, he'll be kicking goals over there and there won't be anyone else kicking the ball. Like if you look at the partners, Strange and Weeks yep. just don't kick. So he will just drink all of the milkshake over there. And in the seasons where he's drunk all the milkshake at halfback, uh, he, which I think we, if we go back to 2021, he's got a 55 average priced at 46. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So and then, they're, and, and they're there's a seven in there. High ceiling. Yep. Yeah. There's a seven in there. Like you take that one out which obviously sometimes people cop bad games, uh, comes closer to 60. Yeah, right. Okay. Like in okay. games 70 minutes or more, Jamal Fogarty in 2021, average 59.5. Okay. So you made a good argument to uh, uh, have a look at Fogarty as well. What about uh, Manny Burden for a similar price? You know, he's 642K. We know he can go big, um, but he's going to sort of take a step back, potentially playing more 5'8 than halfback. His hands on the ball less, but... So, um, I don't know, is Burton within your calculations in this sort of, uh, when you're shopping around for this sort of price range? Or are you more set on Fogarty, do you think? Look, the issue with Burton is, is that, uh, look, I Drew Hutchinson or Toby Sexton, one or the other, they're much of a better of a player than whoever else that Matt Burton was playing with last year. And Matt Burton has been inconsistent as well. So Extremely, yep. It's yep. just one of those hard ones where, like, I'd rather take a guy in Fogarty who doesn't have the athleticism, doesn't have the boot uh, of Burton, but he does have the role. So, mm. And mm. and the pedigree, whereas Matt Burton, he's only delivered for weeks, not months at a time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, he has a bit of patches, whereas uh, I agree Fogarty or even Boyd are much more consistent for the whole season. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I hate to say it, but I take Boyd over um, Burton at this point. Uh, mm. It is pretty sad. Actually, no, I'd probably take, yeah. The fact that they're talking about moving Matty Burton around, right, to try and find where is his best position shows you that they can see the talent. They just don't know what to do with it. For sure. All right, let's talk about the last guy that I want to talk about, Tina Fasilo Maui. He is 793k, 58 break even. So I love Tino so much. He's a great player. <laughs> uh, he just plays hard and he, he finds those tries. Like you think, oh, he's got a, that, tr- you know, that try strike rate is going to come down, but he's just, he's an animal. He just finds like anyone's soft, anyone's weak late in the game. He will just come through and he'll find that spot. So uh, he actually had a 0.3 uh, try scoring rate, which is pretty good for a prop last year. Very and- good. Very good. Yeah, 57. And obviously, when he gets decent minutes, he averages close to 60. If As soon as he gets past 60 minutes, his average goes up to 63. So it's Payne Haas-esque, uh, which is good because they're very similar type of players. The issue is mm. he's got a round two bye, and he's an absolute lock for origins, one of the first five players chosen. So he'd be missing rounds two, 13, 16, 17, 19, and then probably come off the interchange in at least a couple of 14, 17, and 20. So he's just unpickable round one, isn't he? He's an absolute bust round one. Maybe Absolutely. around 20, 20, round, uh, 20, round 21 pickup. That's it. He's one of those guys where if you've got some cash late uh, and Tino's looking the goods, switch in. Uh, if for some, because there's no reason that Tino's not playing Origin, that wouldn't mean that he's also a bust for fantasy. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, I, I'm trying to think. Even some sort of scandal would pro- that it means he's not playing Origin means he's probably also not playing NRL, right? Yeah. 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 Yep, so yep. anyway, uh, how about we talk about the other big Origin player in the squad? Uh, and both Fillmore. Uh, yeah, that's it. The, <laughs> exactly the, the the guy that everyone really wants to talk and hear about. Both Fillmore. <laughs> okay, so six sixty k forty eight break even. He didn't play last year because he uh, popped his ACL one week before the season, unfortunately. So what I've done is mainly uh, rip on my analysis prior to last year before he popped his ACL. So last in twenty twenty two, he averaged fifty one point seven, and he's adjusted. So he's slightly underpriced based on him averaging 0.65 points per minute. He's going to get 80 minutes, I think. So he's, I think you sort of lock him in for 52 as a uh, fair starting point. So he's got a little bit of value just to begin with. Now, before he did his ACL stew, he was extremely durable. <laughs> so, you know, he always played the full 80 prior to his <laughs> Prior to his season-ending injury. Oh, <laughs> mate, God. The, mate, he was trading the house down. Uh, he was turning the house down all the way straight to the freaking hospital, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, solid base of 32 tackles and 110 running meters um, in 29 80 minute career games on the edge. So he's got a really nice base of around 40, uh, low 40s, which I really like. Positively, he's looking like he's playing on the right edge. So David Vafida. Uh, he played all but one game on the left last year. So Bo averages 50 on the left edge in 19 games, but in four games, he averaged 60 on the right edge in 2022. Now, one of those games was an 88, but that just included a try-line break combo and a try-assist, line-break-assist combo. So he just absolutely tore it out for one of those games. Now, this is where the upside actually factors in. So uh, both for more in round twenty twenty in twenty twenty two, sorry, uh, his errors were a real concern. He was fourteenth in the league in error rate with twenty five errors in twenty three games. So 
Uh, worryingly, though, is an error every 13.4 touches. Now, that would have put him 13th around 2023. Sorry, in uh, 20, last year, 2023. Now, the question still remains, was this Firma's fault or will that reduce when he plays with, you know, Fozzer and Boyd and not the Titans 2022 halves carousel of uh, Toby Sexton, Paul Turner, Will Smith, Tanner Boyd and AJ Brimson. Look, I'm confident um, when you put an absolutely uh, way better coach who's, um, you know, much uh, just way better and you've got a settled halves pairing that actually functions really well. Now, mate, just a bit of uh, more stats if you didn't want, even if you don't want them, I'm going to throw them at you. The Titans actually had the most lopsided edge over the last three years, right? 49.5% of their tries came down the left-hand edge. That, it's even more lopsided than the Rabbitohs, infamous left edge, and all that sort of stuff. Now, conversely, the Seagulls were perfectly balanced with 37% being scored on either side from 2019 to 2023. Now, I'm sensing the Titans' right edge will be an absolute force this year, not only with better halves, but with a much better right edge of both former AJ Brimson and Philip Sammy is the best right edge they've had in absolute years. And have I mentioned it? They don't have a shit coach in Des Hasler. So I'm not predicting a 60, but I am predicting a high 50s average. Um, Are you sure that, about that? Mate, I'm pretty sure he's in my side right now. Um, I'm I'm really high on both Fermor. I think he couldn't make it 100, 150K and be an absolute keeper. Um, once he gets that first buy out of the way, he's absolutely smooth sailing all the way through, I think, as an absolute keeper. Yeah, so just, just so that I've got there is that basically you have him being the second best edge back rower in the competition at 850K, right? That yeah, I've got around 800k. Yep. yep. I'm saying, right? So the top the top three guys that we've got here. So we've got David Feeder, average of 61, 843. Yep. He then yep. drops, right? Yep. Uh down to, and I'm just You're excluding Hopgood, right? Because he's not really an edge, right? No, that's correct. So I, I'm excluding him. You then get yep. down to Nat Butcher, who's averaging 53, John Bateman 53. Oh, 54, Mate, Edge, Edge, Edge was a uh, desert last year, really. You know, if you didn't, obviously Hopgood's there, but everyone else, it was just so inconsistent last year. Like, yeah. it was all 50s-ish, not high 50s, really. No, I get you. But look, I have have him to say he does have a decent season, right? Performs as well as, you know, Jacob Preston had a breakout year last year, priced at 51 points. 700k so you're saying that he'll outperform a guy like jacob preston absolutely okay fair enough well look it's it's a lot of cash i i don't think it's something i can pull off but if you're confident it mate you'll certainly have a gun essentially a cut rate keeper that that's sort of what i'm looking at um picking him up holding on to him uh look if it doesn't go well i'm obviously going to jump off so if I see some trials and you know nothing looks good on down that right edge, but you know I think there's a lot of a uh, lot of catalysts for him actually going really well. And you know before before the ACL, there was really good raps everywhere um, coming coming from the Titans uh, praising him and all the work he puts in. So I think he's really going to reap the rewards this year. Fair enough, makes sense. Um, he's one of the fittest at the club. Like he's one of those sorts of guys, isn't he? Doesn't he win all those sorts of fitness and you know that's that sort of stuff. Yeah, he does. So he, he's he's certainly a he's certainly a good athletic guy. I, I guess we'll see how he goes this year. Uh, it could be like your Teague Walton call from last year before he also got ACLs. <laughs> no, he did very well, but and then yeah, didn't. Yeah, 
did really well. Um, mm. Now, Dave Afita, his uh, edge partner, Stu mentioned, he's got a 61 break even, 843K. He averaged 61.3 last year. So he scored 63.5 in 20 games when he played over 60 minutes and 65.5 when he played the full 80 minutes. So there is a little bit of upward mobility there. Shimmy gets a full 80 of three or four points, which is pretty good. He worked his way back into the Origin team, really passed the eye test, which is one of the most important things on the podcast here. Um, but really not that much upside. Like he's already that expensive. Um, I mean, he could factor in as a, uh, although he's the same argument as Tino, right, Stu? Like he's just going to miss too many games because of origin, right? Yeah, look, I so he worked himself back into the equation uh, partway through last year. Uh, I love the fact that he changed up his playing style. So he wasn't just relying on the 20 minutes of activity, you know, three runs, 27 tackle breaks, one try. And instead it was the base stats. Like he just wasn't relying on bullying uh, halves. So I think that David Fafita has gears to go on. And I think that if the Titans do get better, he will improve. But unfortunately, the schedule means is that he's just not the guy that you want to start with round one. I'd also yeah, totally. let him drop in. Um, I'd let him pass by you in draft picks uh, early, like past his spot. Yep. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't take him top five necessarily, maybe back towards the end of the first round. Yeah, that's it. Um, I, 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 I bypass him in the first round, I'll be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Be cool. Be cool. Um, the last one, mate, Kenny Pelissier, 393K, 29 break even. So he's a career 0.7 PPM guy. Hey, mm. that, that doesn't get me excited. That That's not great. Not encouraging. No. Uh, so you need around 40 minutes to break even in a stacked pack. So you've got, you know, Photo Waker, Tino, uh, Benches looking all right with some good young talent there. Uh, you know, I'm not sure his minutes will be there, but, you know, assuming he gets his starting spot, I think he will sort of break even. I'm just not sure he's going to be the cash cow you expect. If you pick him up, I don't think he'll lose your shirt, um, but I don't think he's going to be a boom. So I'm not going to call him a bust because you're not going to lose your shirt, but he's definitely not a boom, I don't think, based upon his previous output. For sure. And look, there's – it definitely makes sense. Uh, I think that he's one of those guys who's been bought in to allow Tino to essentially shift He either do something different when he's on the field, whether he starts at uh, lock or moves into the role as the game progresses, I'm not sure. Mm. But mm. you need Tino on the park. Like when you're paying a guy a million bucks, he needs to be on the park for 60 minutes a game. Who's the captain as well? I totally agree. Yep. All right. Well, look uh, – Looking at this, is there anyone else you'd like to talk, look at or talk about draft or otherwise? Um, Sam Verrills? Ooh. Um, so oh, Jojo uh, jo- 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 Fafita we didn't mention. Um, you know, he could come on for Cam Pereira. So, um, or Sammy. You know, uh, I like Sammy. I think Sammy's uh, really solid. I think Cam Pereira, um, mate, he was second in the league at error rate. Not every nine and a half touches, he dropped the ball. So... Um, I know that's tricky. Uh, it's not necessarily your fault as a winger. If you get a bad pass and you get your, t- your fingers to it, that's your error. So I, I understand that. Or even if um, you know, you're know going for the corner and you drop the ball over the line because they made a good cover tackle, um, but that's still not great. You know, um, That's still not a great stat. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jojo Fafita, a really strong ball runner, gets that spot on the wing potentially. I think I think Phil Sammy's a really strong ball runner, super quick as well. Like Phil Sammy's underrated quick. He's, he's a lightning. So um, Makes pretty sense. solid defensively. Yeah, that's just sort of what I think. Sorry, mate. Sam Verrill's uh, premiership winner. Uh, yeah. I think oh. he's excellent. You, what have you gone for, a draft option? Oh, look, he's one of those guys where if if you bypass a lot of the hookers, you know, you pick up uh, – in my one, I'd, I'd probably be bypassing hookers that aren't Harry Grant, uh, early and uh, the edges. 
because you can just pick up quality later in mids. I'd be stacking up on quality halves, wing fullback, uh, and then even centers, like because the top tier centers are just how much better they are than the bad ones, mm. uh, especially in deep leagues. But Sam Verrills is one of the guys who will drop. So for regular fantasy, he's priced at 40, 553k. And looking at his starts last year, uh, is at 44.6. But he has had an absolute horror run with injuries. So collarbone, detached retina, like ACL. Broken, broken arm, ACL. Like he just has not been able to remain fit. But I'm just having a look at his sort of long-term average when starting at hooker. And it's one of those ones where 2022... Uh, playing at the Roosters, up to 47 and a half, and he's priced at 40. So even last year, priced at, uh, he got to 44.6, but obviously coming off the bench, he dropped some minutes. So for me, there is some value there. Mate, he's absolute quality. Absolute quality. That's it. He just, he unfortunately, he's not the biggest body, and he seems to get injured. So that's why I'm like, for draft, it's, it's where I probably stick with him. Because uh, if nothing else, if he does go down with a big injury, you can always draft his replacement mm. Uh, mm. on the waiver wire. All right. Was there anyone else? Yeah, that's it, mate. Excellent. Well, let's wrap this up. This is the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast pre-season preview for the Gold Coast Titans signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.